Yes, you're gonna have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep talking. Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do, I know what you do, so keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. See you now. I don't wanna cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just wanna live my life, but I keep. Just like the HBI podcast. And we are back. <laughs> Segway City. Love it. So today we're talking about possibly the most important topic of all time. Not really, but also it is important. And that's professional development. That's right. It's a PD episode. Don't turn off now. But uh, in all seriousness, you know, PD is a really important part of, I was going to say professional development, that would have been obvious, but of your career pathway. But I think what we want to have a chat today about is really how to include PD in what to look for and then how to actually, you know, there's learning and then there's using, right? which I think is one of the common mistakes people make because I believe for all of our professions, there's a requirement for registration, right? We have X number of hours of PD I have to do each year in order to maintain registration. I would believe that's the same for everybody else. So there is that tendency at times, and I see it every year in our Cairo groups, and I'm sure it's the same across everyone where it's like two days out and someone's like, shit, how can I get 30 hours of PD in the next two days? Who's got what going, right? And you know that person's just like, they are paying zero uh, attention. They're just getting panic. it done. Yeah. Just so, panic station. So what is, like, let's talk PD. I'll let, I'm going to let you know what? Dan's going to run this one off. I've just decided. Uh, talk PD, and then let's talk, like, how do we, like, what should we be looking for when it comes to yeah. PD? The way I've looked at it has always been find someone doing the thing you want to be doing or find your point B, figure out what your point A is and then choose a course to try and plug the gap between those two things. So I've been a little bit more aligned with it rather than just doing everything and anything, which I've definitely been guilty of when I first came out. I think it's good because you want to kind of have a broad overview of what's out there. So you, it's, it's kind of hard to decide what's the thing you want to choose if you don't know what's actually out there. It's kind of like going to an all-you-can-eat cafe, all-you-can-eat buffet and then choosing one meal and sticking with it the whole night. Like you want to try a little bit of everything, but then you want to try and figure out what the thing you really want to get good at is and then start to direct all your, you know, all your courses, all your PD towards that. So I think the biggest issue I see, mentoring is like a lot of guys going, they do my course and they're also doing a nutrition course. They're also doing NLP and something else. And it's like, if it's too much information, you're not really absorbing it. And there's a difference between implement uh, information and implementation versus i think it's better off to go like what i've done i spent literally the last four or five years purely doing a shit ton of courses but they've all been somehow related to anatomy biomechanics programming rehab performance and it's like until i get really really good at that and think i'm you never you're never going to be the best but until you get to that level it's like you shouldn't really move on to something else because you're just conflicting your brain with multiple things and you're not actually learning anything really well yeah i agree i think that um good good point to start with have your destination or your or your sort of option b or your your destination b and then um, start from your, your current standpoint where you're at, at the moment and think, all right, well, what skills do I lack in order to get to that destination that I need to be at? So if you want to go down the road of, I don't know, sports physiotherapy and you want to go and work with a professional AFL team or something like that, then, you know, there's certain prerequisites that you need to uh, obtain in order to even get a look in. So you've got to do your sports level one, level two, level three, you know, you've got to be accredited through the Australian Physiotherapy Association. So you need to understand, as Dan said, like the direction what and where you want to go, but also probably the logistics of that direction, that journey, and what kind of courses do you need to do that, you know, that may have prerequisites and that sort of thing 
for further progressions in that in that course but as we all know we all come out fresh out of uni or fresh out of our training and then you're like, well, you're like well at the moment i'm a very much a generalist most people and you, you're not sure exactly what sort of path you want to go down and that was my case for example so I thought at the start that I wanted to be a, a sports physio and work with professional teams. And then I, I soon realized maybe not soon, maybe 12, 18 months later that, well, this requires, you know, the demands of that was like, all right, several, several weeknights a week, you got to give up, you got to give up your own sport. You got to then go away with the team on the weekends. You get paid, you know, shit all. And you need to do X amount of courses to get you into the next course, which only has a certain amount of intakes per year. So logistically, it will take fucking five years and all this extra work to even get to that position. So I think that combining your your interests as well as working out something that's going to obviously be fulfilling for you and then also rather than being idealistic, realistic about the direction in which you want to take and then as Dan said, you want to sort of um, work towards that <clears throat> option B and that destination and make sure you just try and stick the same trajectory and not, to, not be too fucking... Uh, uh, sporadic in your choices just like just like investing crypto isn't that right stick to your guns and then fucking just ride that there's a lot of parallels like of program design really it's the same way it's like where do you want to go where are you currently what's the methods to get there and then trying to you know concurrently progress and make sure that they're all aligned with each other and all complement each other like you can still do external stuff it's not to say like for pts for example it's still good to know nutrition, but like do one or two things on it. Don't do like, you know, five courses here, five courses there. Like go all in on one thing, have a good general knowledge of everything, but then specialize in one thing or two things yeah. at a time. It's a, it's a good point as well. And now we have access to people in a way that makes life so easy. So before, you know, when I was studying 10 years ago, we had no Facebook, we had no Instagram. Reaching out was quite hard. So, you know, the biggest thing that I would kind of even tell my guys is even go out there go out there and actually experiencing. So um, when I did nursing, I never really focused on what nursing was about. And I started doing aged care and I'm like, um, this is not <laughs> what I envisioned to do. I can't. Life to be it. like. Yeah. And I, I didn't kind of have that understanding. I thought, yeah, cool. I want to work in the hospital and whatever. And then when I actually started the process where I had to do aged care first and this, and by the time I got to the hospital, it was another four years, I've lost interest. Two months I quit. So all that started. Oh, losing him. Dropping out. <laughs> Dropped out. Yeah, man. You're on the fire there, bro. I really kind of did yeah. proper research. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're, we're back on. He's back. Yeah, he's gone. All right. <laughs> You're not back. Right. But yeah, like, listen, I think coming, circling back on all of this, right? Like when we come out of, our respective courses, you think you know where you want to go. And in nine numbers of cases, you have no idea, right? Because you lack that experiential side of stuff. So listen, I do think for a lot of new grads, there is a lot of value in dabbling your foot into multiple things in order to find out what you actually enjoy, right? And sometimes, as I've said to a lot of people, we'll go to a course, you go to a weekend seminar and you come back and you're sitting around with some mates and be like, all right, How'd you find it? And all of them was like, what a waste of time. I got nothing, nothing. Like, And I'm like, I got a huge thing out of it. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, I got out that I never want to do that. That's not for me. And that in itself is worth a lot of money because you just save yourself time and energy, right? And so I think 
like that's one of the things I recommend to a lot of like students when they're like, oh, I only go and observe people that I think that I like like the way they do things. I was like, you should go observe all the people that you think you don't like because you may find that your opinion's wrong or you may at least at least you know for certain that is not something you want to do, right? Like when you're a student, you can have all your opinions in the world, but frankly, and I mean this with all due respect, you don't have a fucking clue. Like you haven't even earned the right to an opinion yet. <laughs> and and I've got some mates that are lecturers, but again, I'm going to double this down. They generally, like you're just mirroring their opinions. And a lot of the lecturers I've had over the years, these are great teachers, but I don't know if they were great practitioners. Yeah, big difference, I believe. Like you're right. In in, in life and goes the same thing. You've got to dabble in a few different things to even work out. You want to go and study chiro, osteo, physio, myo. And then you've got to obviously trial a few different um, domains within your industry to realize, all right, well, I want to probably steer my attention here. And classic, you know, human nature, Nathan, you said you, you know you are the product of your environment if all you if all you have been around is your university lectures who are lecturers and may not be clinicians or, or might have had one year in the field and decide that that wasn't for them then of course you're going to adapt to their sort yeah. of way of thinking and their perspective so i think mina touched on it as well before you even spend any money go out and reach out and spend some time with some people a that you think you want to be like and b that you think you, you know, don't want to be like or you may have this sheltered or, or sort of um short-sighted and, and narrow vision of what what that industry or that domain would be like yeah 100 percent. right and there's, there's another thing that i this is going to come off the, the bat of the same thing so one of the really important things that happened in our industry a couple of years back so we had a requirement you had formal and informal pd right so formal was you had to go to courses and do things that had strict like they had you know three hours of XPD or 12 points or whatever it is. So 50% had to be that and 50% could be informal. You just had to be able to demonstrate that it was relevant. And they scrapped that. And now you just have to demonstrate that everything was relevant. That was one of the best things that happened because it was the only people that were applying for that PD were courses within the industry. And then you end up with, like we've talked about before, this giant circle jerk of just the same shit with the same people and the same opinions over and over again. And you wonder why you're not developing. And you're just like, the best pd i've done has almost been exclusively out of profession right like dan's course was absolutely fantastic addition jordan shallow stuff which who is a chiro but again it's more strength conditioning a lot of this stuff i see a lot of in my industry a lot of people just trying to learn how to do better adjustments and most of that comes from time in the industry whereas what you really need to learn yes. is how to be better at your craft right <laughs> like how to understand what's going on better how to like evaluate movement better that's the stuff that really like sets people apart rather than just being able to do the magical adjustment. I'm going to say something controversial. Go. <laughs> I've not done a single CPD that's been osteo-allied health related yeah. since I graduated. Oh, shit. But you also got to think, for... to, let's, let's yes. challenge that. <laughs> well, a lot of your stuff that you do in the courses now, so you've steered away from the actual, I don't know how much hands-on work you're doing, but kind of all the stuff you studied but majority like we can see like the route you're taking though i still do no i mean like i still i'll never do from my trajectory i'll never not practice because i think it's uh it's shit having a teacher who doesn't actually do the thing they're doing yeah so i think that side of things but also i love doing it and i spent five years studying i'm still gonna do it this is more so you know it's two days a week rather than you know five days a week but I think the reason I don't the reason I don't do it as much, like I didn't do it in the courses, is this doesn't interest me. It's like here's a two day course on, like Nathan said, in you know adjustments, a two day course on myofascial release. I'm like, I'd rather go and learn the principles of like deeper principles of physiology, anatomy, biomechanics, and then it's like that stuff you can kind of work it out because it's like you're learning a method versus learning the principle, which I always yeah. think 
learning the principle allows you to express those methods. And it's like dry needle and cupping, like there's techniques to it. Uh, ben might hate me for this. I think like there's techniques to it to make it more efficient. But mm-hmm. it's like, if you know the anatomy and you know what you're trying to do and you have the, the clinical thinking and reasoning for it, like the actual needling cupping is pretty easy. It's just, you just need yeah. to know what you're doing. Well, like, it's there's, all. There's a reason why Ben, if you go see Ben for cupping versus see, you know, a Chinese massage in the plaza, it's like, they're both doing the same shit. Why is it mm-hmm. Ben got awesome results and she didn't? It's like the cupping is not hard. It's just the rationale of why Ben did it, did why he did. Yeah, it's did right. English, think- so not my strong point. <laughs> no, I think CPD. a couple of big points there that, you're, and this is this is I apply the same knowledge to different podcasts and people I listen to. It's like you're going to the source of the information, which is the anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and you're getting a good understanding of the fundamentals that will then allow you to um, obviously work certain things out, problem solve for certain problems, and then work out how to then intervene in a particular way that may be timely. It may be the same thing that someone else does, but because you've arrived at this solution through your problem solving skills, because you have great fundamentals in your knowledge and understanding of the human body, you can then work out what practitioner at what time, what type of treatment at what time, what type of programming will work for you even though it might be dressed up as something similar to the, what they've had in the past, but because you're piecing together all these moving parts and you're stringing it all together. And that's, that's where, as you said, you might get the different outcome. Um, but from the outside looking in, it may look very similar to what the person has had before or has experienced or has been told to do before. So I believe that when you go get your information from the source and where all the information comes from, which is understanding of the human body, then you can work out the rest. And the second point you touched on there is this skill development and skill acquisition. Cupping, you can only get so good at. Um, Needling, you can only get so good at. Designing a program, you can only get so good at. It's all skill development and skill acquisition. And depending on, you know, rate of learning and a a lot of other variables, it will depend on how good you get at that skill in what amount of time. But the real secret i believe and as you said dan that you haven't done a a pd course within your own industry is actually working out how your industry and your set of skills ties into musculoskeletal management and nervous system management and whatever else like lymphatic stuff so i think that yeah two bang two bang on points source of information and you know a skill is a skill you can only get so good at a skill yeah and i'm gonna i'd circle back off i don't mean to try and jump in but i'm coming in anyway but uh I'd say that you like all the PD you've done is from your industry. It's just most of the people are ignoring it, right? Like yeah, everything I've done, I think the like programming, strength conditioning stuff is the most important stuff for my industry. Not the like 50 people on the weekend that joined a live link with a couple of guys in Europe to learn how to get more spiritual and they're adjusting, right? Like mm-hmm. I would literally rather fucking cut myself than deal with it. Like, don't <laughs> be wrong. Like and I, I mean that. You need like, Jesus, I bro. I know I jest here, but like... No, he's too far gone. But I just... And like, don't be wrong. I could go to that and I'd have a great time because I love hanging out with crew. But we need to take away that like the bullshit from stuff, right? Like, if listen, if people need to go to a weekend course to learn a couple of new skills and to get reminded that they do a good job and, hey, maybe, hey, here's a better way to set your body up so you don't bash your body up so much when you're doing this work, no problem. As long as we're honest about that's what's going on. But when you look at it, it's just like, you're like, people are paying fucking top dollar for somebody to jump on Zoom and magically show them how to get some kind of innate connection. I'm just like, this, this is... 
This is why people think what we do is slap fish around above people and like sing a rain dance, dance, right? Like, I just mm. I, I ain't got no time for that. So, so you're like, saying that I shouldn't get Dan to give us a two-day course? Well, but listen, Dan's, Dan's not there, <laughs> mate. It's, a, it's an entirely different thing. No, That's, that, Jesus, Nate, mate, you're stitching up the business. <laughs> no, I think the key point, though, is like you're – I always say this in program design. It's like – there's nothing wrong with learning methods and learning skills, but it's like you need yep. to know principles before you learn methods and all the people like try and do it backwards. So you finish their cert three, four, and then they'll go do a course on undulating periodization versus linear. It's like, you don't need a fuck. Sorry. You don't need to know different types of periodization when you don't understand why the periodization works. Yep. Like realistically, yeah. you, can, you can do whatever programming type you like, as long as there's progressive overload, intensity parameters are followed and technique is executed the way you think it's meant to be executed then you can literally choose whatever you want. Like the world is your oyster. So it's like, why are we arguing over what oyster you choose versus like the actual application part? So I just think it's more, yeah. it's more the learning sequence. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with going like they said to go do a, a needling course if you want to learn how to be more efficient at needling. But it's like, if you as long as you yeah. understand why you're using it. Yeah, you have to go to a needling course to be certified and ensured that if you fuck someone up, that you're going to be covered. Yeah, I have done my needling cup in just yeah. Yeah, yeah. disclaimer. I think that, that, I think that um, the, the important thing to throw in here is now this is for people who are A, running courses and B, people looking for courses and looking you know, at, at the benefit <clears throat> cost ratio. And, and if, if you are um, paying like an absurd amount of money for a course that can only get you X amount of return in your day-to-day work or your, or your profession, I believe that that needs to be taken into consideration as well. Because for example, I went and did this $2,000 fucking three-day Pilates course when I was um, <laughs> working for someone else and Sure, I went and taught Pilates for the next 18 months and the return on investment would have came back. But I'm like, I mean, $2,000. You have a Pilates body, mate. You have a body that was designed by Pilates. <laughs> At the moment, it's fucking, <laughs> she's fragile. Um, I was I was up this morning massaging my lower back because I needed a treatment too, Dan, today. But I was just like, fuck, I'm, I've let the boys down too many times with this HPI stuff. So I had to take one for the team. So do you- choose, choose whether to let three down or one down. but i think that needs to be taken into consideration is how much you're spending what you're going to get out of it the return on your investment and then you know if you are the people running the courses i think you need to work out what's fair and reasonable without trying to be too fucking salesy to these like new grads that come out this fresh meat they're ready to jump at anything so i think you need to consider what things cost and, and what your potential return may be like how, how much better, as you said, Nathan, how much more money and how much more effective will you be in your practice if you learn how to do uh, one new adjustment versus learning, like Dan said, some strength and conditioning principles and learning how to add an extra service to your business or an yeah. extra skill set to your, to your current skill set that could add X amount of quality of life improvement to the client and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, no. 100%. Just understand how and- to connect the dots better. Yeah, exactly right. And like also at the same time, have the mindset that you don't necessarily need more interventions, right? Like there is there is a line where you have enough interventions, especially for like the man like we're manual therapy heavy here. There's a line where you don't necessarily need to focus on more in-house, you need the outhouse type stuff, right? Because you can keep adding skills and adding skills and adding things and adding this and adding that. And eventually, one, you're going to have to spend so long with a client, it is like just not cost-effective for you and you're already getting great results without having to do it. And two, it can becomes a tendency for one people to learn new stuff to try and do freaking everything 
And a lot of the time, that is too much input for a system. <laughs> yeah, like, I, there are some people that cannot handle that level of input, right? And we're like, we're all, I love, I love shiny things, right? Like, you're like, all right, let's try it. Let's give it a whirl. But I almost feel now, it's like, if I get something new, I have to get rid of something else. And it has to be those. Time, time poor. Like, you got X amount of time in your session. As you said, you can't, yeah. you can't do everything. And I'm a testament to that. I was trying to learn everything. And then my pursuit was on adjustments and cervical adjustments yeah. and that sort of thing. And then I'm like, like, what do I need to do this for? So I got great chiropractors around me i've got great osteos around me i said i don't need to go and spend x amount more time training and, and mentoring just to do something poorly whereas i know good people who do it much better and as yeah. we said rate of learning skill development it take me x amount of fucking days and years to get that to get, to get that good at it when it ends up being negligible at the end of the day yeah. and i i jump around this as well just as we start to wind out on future education as well in terms of like future tertiary education like i'm very open to my intentions to go back shortly and do the um masters in snc because uh, i believe it's going to add further to my like repertoire and i do think it's something i'm interested in but i have considered going the other way and eventually doing medicine just to add it in and i have to admit when i have to have a hard look at it it is at least another five years of my life at full-time uni it's not going to really add anything to my business right like if we have to be business people one, if i want to do it because i want to go learn it i want to enjoy it that's that's on me right that's on me then i'll have to set my business up and go elsewhere but if i'm doing it because i want to be able to i think it's another addition to my business skill i'm lying to myself right like i think it's five years to go through or at least four going post grab right now and that's assuming you get enough high enough score on the body whatever it is the damn sad you start no, the, again, yeah you're back, your business is yeah. backwards five years and when you graduate right you've still got to go spend your years in the hospital system you then have to go for your gp thing about do private practice like probably talking another eight nine years just to get no, and like for the whole theory of trying to give people an option that is non-basically medication surgery based and get a better access to clientele. You're really not, the like, again, is not, not everything just, is about business. But, just do functional medicine. It's fucking yeah. time, bro, like years. Oh, like, you don't get those years back ever it Have you, and like for me it's one of those things that i would consider if i was going towards semi-retirement where you're like just going to keep the brain rolling why not learn some fun new shit bro you're going to be trading in two years don't lie well, uh, in like on touching on that i'm doing hey, something like, similar to you though Neff. like i'm thinking the same thing in terms of going down the functional medicine route which will take at least five ten realistically to be good at it five just to get yeah. the baseline but like sort of personal interests but also I feel like it's all integrated. Like traditional functional medicine is literally traditional osteopathy. If you look back in the day at old mate AT still in the 1800s, it's all the same thing. It's just, uh, it'll help the business, help my clients get better results, but also, you know, I'm dead genuinely interested in it because I think there's a lot of gaps. Yeah. And that's the line, right? Like that's, that is, at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to admit you're keen on it. And if you're keen on it, I'm on board. But if you have any doubts or you're thinking Informal. it's going to, if you think the only thing it will do is it'll improve your business and it's going to take you five to 10 years, think Fuck about hell. all the missed opportunity, right? Fucking hell, that's like time, years wasted. Like two points there. Hey, I think no, chiropractic plus your skill set and strength conditioning and then further a master's in strength conditioning. That's like, to me, that's like, that's the GOAT physical therapist right there. So that's just a... Um, compliments to you bro and secondly you. you can do informal education in those areas of interest and thirdly you can if you run a business you can then hire someone who has the training in tertiary education under the belts who can just fulfill that role that you need and now your service office service offers offers that that now your business offers that service without you having to go 
and spend an extra 10 years to even get good at that. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like you got to always like classic I've had, um, Amir said to me, he goes, what are you willing to sacrifice to get to where you want to be? Whether that be time, money, relationships, whatever it may be. So I think that needs to be highly considered A, when choosing a, a course to do and B, when choosing you know, university and that sort of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, unless anybody has anything else they want to add on this delicious topic, it may be time to wind this bad boy up. I'm not even most C- most CPD, most good CPD doesn't actually give you CPD. Yeah, <laughs> that's the final point. Uh, that is oh, that oh, is the truth. Unfortunately, and now I don't know if this is probably one thing I should mention for our previous in our profession. People who wanted the points had to pay the government agency to get the accreditation for the points. Of course, it's all tied it's most, together, bro. Yeah. Mm. So luckily together. we've had this change now where you just have to prove that it was worth, like, worthwhile, which I think if you touch, <laughs> like, that's the beauty of strength and conditioning working for Like the moment I do a CPD on it, I know it's easily provable as formal accreditation. So, mm. yeah, when you that's, have that, you're right. That's the issue. That's like, I think osteo, chiro could get my course, but physio can't because they're APA, EP, is SR. Myo, I'm not sure about yours, Mina, but yeah, so it's a bit of a cock block in terms of education sometimes, but I guess 100%. also a good thing because it's, I think the reason I haven't made my course accredited is because, I mean, A, like I said, it's a hassle, B, you've got to pay the FA or pay SR or pay APA, but also it's like a lot of people just do it because they're trying to get points versus genuinely wants to yeah. do it. I kind of like that barrier to entry. It's almost like private health, like you said, Nate, like take the private health away and see who actually wants to see you versus who's just seeing you because it's convenient. Convenient. I was going to ask yeah. you that. You read my mind if your courses were accredited because when I ran yeah. mine all those years ago, um, there was a common question that popped up. It was like, all right, will this contribute yeah. to CBD points? Like how do you uh, register your course to make sure that, you know, you, you jump through all the hoops to get it regulated yeah. and actually attributing to um, mm. the official CPD of like the APA or something like that. So it's definitely think- worth it if you want to make a course for the masses, but if you want to keep it like niche and personalized, then yeah, that's not really an issue. Yep. I don't know. So uh, I, I actually inquired, look, I don't know how it is with APRA, but with our um, associations. So if you do anything that's in relation to your um, to your workplace, that can still count as CPE for us. We just have to submit it through on our association platforms. So, for example, um, let's say all the stuff podcast, that I do with, yeah. yeah, for example, all the podcasts, like things I do with my business coach that's in relation to massage and business, I can put on there um, any certification that you do any one day courses that you do even if you do your own revision that's still yeah. kind of a, C- a cpa for us so yeah, so, um, so i don't know how it works with you guys but with us well. yeah that, that's how the cookie crumbles so yeah. um not just two, day, two day course will cover all your cpd then Rita. yeah <laughs> Mate, all these podcasts you're well and truly covered yeah, yeah. well yeah. again i'm, I'm gonna finish on this note this note then right like <laughs> Your goal should never be to just do the minimum. No, of course not. Yeah. Like if you're like if you're a person who's just always trying to scrape by the minimum, then you're gonna get minimal results. And yeah, that's correct. just the facts, right? So Thanks. I think like people people laugh, but you know, I think at years like I had to have twenty five hours of C P D and I think I averaged in the four to five hundred hours but I worked it all out. So go hard. But don't do stupid shit. And we're all going to get along famously. Do you do do diligence? And if you need to ask any of us boys about should you consider doing something, is it worth your time, is it worth your money, do it. I think that there's a huge, huge benefit in choosing someone informally to go mentor with. So I think we'll leave it on that note. I'm happy to wrap it up. Guys. Again, can you? We're going to start really pumping these out because I finally got my shit together. 
if you enjoyed listening, if you um, you know think that you got a friend who needs to hear this message, do do your um do your service to us, the HBI boys, <laughs> and just, just share it on your social media. I don't know, text it to someone, share it to someone through Facebook. Anywhere that you can share it is perfect. Any extra marketing for us is fantastic. And guys, um, yeah, if you need any information answered, just hit us up. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure as always. Thanks, legends.